friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. On this special episode of Sales Enablement, I'm having a series of short conversations with some top sales leaders and some leading voices on sales performance improvement about the power and value of effective sales coaching. And in particular, effective call coaching. Using recordings of phone and video calls to help sellers learn the skills and acumen they need to drive more productive and valuable sales interactions with their buyers. Now, my guests today are all members of our panel of judges for the Top Sales Coach Competition, brought to you by Ring DNA and this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul. And this is where coaches from around the world are submitting videos of themselves coaching a recorded sales call. And now to enter for your chance to be recognized as the Top Sales Coach Go to topcoach.ringdna.com. That's topcoach.ringdna.com. Now, in this episode, you hear my conversations with Alex Smith, Deb Calvert, and Lori Harmon. First up, I'm joined by Alex Smith. Alex is the Global Sales Development Manager at Headspace. Following Alex will be Deb Calvert. Deb is the founder of the Sales Experts Channel and CEO of People First Productivity Solutions, as well as author of several books, including Stop Selling and Start Leading. Then I'll wrap things up today with Lori Harmon. Lori's the Vice President of Global Cloud Sales and Customer Success at NetApp. Okay, let's jump into it. Alex, how are you doing? Hey, Andy, I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. So thank you so much for participating as a judge in our top sales coach contest. Um, so tell us, what's, what's, what makes a great coach? That is such a great question. And I think what makes a fantastic coach is someone who really understands the psychology behind interacting with people, uh, the art of persuasion, if you will, uh, that can really break down and understand uh, how interactions are going between two people. So I think that that is something that I'm going to be really looking for in this particular competition. And so along those same lines, is, is do you focus, should a coach... If you're looking at you know one of your coaches, seeing how they're doing, are, are you evaluating uh, what they're telling people to do, or you know in terms of coaching people what they should be doing, or coaching people how they should be saying it? I mean, what what do they sort of try to establish as a balance? Well, first, it depends on the person that they're coaching, right? Everybody learns a little bit differently, so I think that there is definitely value in sometimes just. Uh, delivering the information as it is. But I think to your point, the second point was really explaining the how I think is, is probably my go-to in breaking down the specific situation and how you would uh, approach it. Should it have been differently? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what, that's what first comes to mind for me. And when you're looking again at, at your coaches and what they're doing is, is how do you coach them in terms of how they should be blending in the constructive feedback as well as the positive reinforcement. So I know that there's a lot of hype around this, but I'm actually a pretty big fan of the feedback sandwich. I think it's so important to start with uh, areas where the person was doing great. And I think that there's always something positive to pull out of the experience, even if it's just for being courageous, for even doing it for the very first time, right? We know it's not going to be perfect. So I think that that's uh, something that I have personally found people to be really receptive to. So I like to start with some positive reinforcement. And then of course we want to get into, I would like to say very particular language choice when it comes to coaching, not, 
hey, you did this wrong, but really prompting it before you give uh, important feedback that, hey, here's where I noticed are some big areas of opportunity for us to work on. And I think that that is a really important part of really good coaching is just making sure that it's not you're not using you and you're not using um, language that is in a negative connotation because essentially we're all in this together, right? And you're only really as good and developed as, as the coach that might be leading you. So that's the way that I view it. And I agree. And so sort of following on that trend though is, or that, not the trend, but that theme we were talking about is, is I know there's a tendency for some coaches to only coach negative calls or calls that went badly. Uh, what do you recommend for people in that regard? So first, I think the coach should be really upfront about making sure that they want to hear both. They want to hear some of the things that that person might be the most proud of. Uh, it's also about uh, learning how that rep is also assessing themselves. And so I think coaches should always be saying, hey, I don't just want to hear things that you might need support on that maybe went south. I also want to hear the things that you're the most proud of and why. And so I think prompting that as a coach or as a leader in the situation is going to help have a really constructive conversation about both things, right? Because it's about playing your strengths for sure that we can know is going to happen a lot quicker than improvements. They happen Mm -hmm. over time. So I think that would be my one piece of advice on that. Yeah. And and following up on that is is you want to create a safe space. So the person that's being coached can say, these are the areas where I think I need improvement. Not just that we're proud of, I think I did well, but and can feel, what's that, have the ability to, to ask for help. Yes. It's about empowering as when you're in the coaching position, it's about empowering the person that you're working with to feel comfortable, to also uh, learn how to assess themselves in the situation. And then it allows for a really dynamic, open conversation between uh, the person that you're working with. And so I think that that is a really big part of the coaching process in general. Like you said, building trust. I, I don't know if you have uh, any experience, but I know for sure that I've had experience with uh, certain managers in my sales career where they come in a little too hot, right? It's your oh, yeah. day on the job. They're giving you brutal feedback. And uh, you know it, it really sets the tone to have a very hard working relationship with that person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So last question is, is then for your coaches, your managers is, do they have like a coaching template? You know, this is what a call sort of looks like. This is that they're sort of working from. Yes. So I have built templates and I know that there's obviously a ton of fabulous educational platforms out there now that can really streamline this. But I, one of the first things that I do with the organizations that I work with, with my peers and managers that I'm helping to help develop other people is give them a framework for how to structure the call. And so breaking that out in a way where it's easy to input information that also is easy on the eyes, but also uh, tells a story. And there's also an area within the coaching template, if you will, that really outlines key takeaways from what the rep has assessed of themselves and what the manager has recommended as far as next steps go. So I'm a big believer in making sure that you have a really well set up template. So that way you can refer to the information later on, because it takes time, obviously, for things to settle in and improvements to be done. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Alex, thank you for your time. And again, we're so looking forward to your participating in this contest. Yes, Andy, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Deb Calvert, so excited to have you participate in our Top Sales Coach Contest as a judge. 
I am really flattered and I'm excited too, Andy. This is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I think, a really fun idea is to get people to submit call, have coaches submit calls that they're coaching and, and uh, be judged for how well they do. Uh, so in your mind, what's, what are the sort of elements of a well-coached sales call? Well, you can tell when somebody has received coaching. Uh, I, I do a lot of field coaching myself. Mm-hmm. And after one or two calls with a sales rep, I can ask, so where did you get coaching before? <laughs> because it just, it really <laughs> does show up. Uh, so the evidence of a good, well-coached individual that shows up on a call is that they are emulating some of what good coaches do. They're asking questions. They're truly listening. They're not asking manipulative, going to box you in, I already know where I want you to go kinds of questions. They're Mm -hmm. asking broader questions and natural drill downs to get to the essence of of what they need to know. So isn't to some degree, and I've had this perspective for a while, that that, a, a good sales call in the way that you just described it is actually pretty similar to a good coaching call. I 100% agree. Uh, And people are often surprised by that because they think that coaching is the same as managing or mentoring. That's a lot of tell. And then they make the Mm -hmm. same mistake in sales calls. It's a lot of tell one way as opposed to promoting self-discovery and holding up a mirror to reflect certain things back and um, allowing there to be opportunities for... um, the, the person being coached or the piece, person being sold to set some of their own goals. It's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a, a, a lot of impact. Yeah, I think it's the difference between going in, if you're, I call it, if you're a persuasion-based salesperson, then you go into a situation, a sales situation, confident that you know what's best for the buyer. And I think coaches oftentimes make that same mistake as they go into a call to coach thinking they know what's best for the seller. Right. And they might be right, but that's beside the point. It's it's always important to get buy-in before you try to get the right. buy. So if something right. is my own idea and you're my seller or my coach and you help me discover my own idea, not, not manipulatively, but authentically, mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah, because you you feel like you participated in that solution. Yes, exactly. So oftentimes I see this this problem with coaches is they only focus on coaching what they think are sort of the the negative calls. Yeah, there's a distinction. People often resist coaching because they only know the one type, which is coaching for performance. You're on performance review. Coaching is your your last chance. It is something Mm. that is uh, way too late in the process versus coaching for development. Let me take what you do well and help you build on that. Let me help you discover the places where you can improve and you want to do that. And so you start setting some of your own goals toward that. Those, those two things go hand in hand when it's about development. Yeah, I like that that perspective because I agree with you. Oftentimes, yeah, coaching comes as sort of a rescue mission as opposed to a function of development and making sure that managers, coaches, whoever's doing the coaching is budgeting their time to include development time. Yes. I, I often, as a, an outside coach, I often get a call where somebody wants to hire me as a, as a coach. And it's only mm-hmm. because they're too chicken to do what they really are expecting to do, which is to fire the salesperson or, or the executive even, because I, I do executive level coaching. And right. I just, I just don't, I refuse to do that. For me, that it, it's not fair 
to the individual if this is just some last measure to pretend that they're going to have another shot. Right. Well, I agree. And so people that are submitting, uh, the managers, the coaches submitting sample calls they're coaching, yeah, this is not, uh, these are not rescue missions. These are, hey, how do I help you get better type calls, which is really, for people that want to get better, it's such a valuable resource. And I'm interested in your style of coaching, what you look for in effective coaches, sort of the mix between, yeah, the positive reinforcement versus the constructive feedback. Right. So, my perspective on coaching is that you do need both, but you, what you need more than either of those are the promotion of self-discovery, which only comes with questions. And mm -hmm. this is the big difference between being your cheerleader and being your coach, being the fill-in player, you know, jumping in mercenary closer to save the call, and staying out there on the sidelines where coaches belong. It's also the difference between being a manager or mentor where I set expectations, I then hold you accountable, I tell you stories about how I would do things from my superior level of knowledge. <laughs> All those have a place, <laughs> but they're not coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at that because, yeah, in my mind, everybody has their own unique set of experiences but doesn't necessarily make any of them superior to the others. And I, I laugh, right? Because it's, yeah. you know, we all have our own way of doing things. And I think this is part of what the value of coaching is, is should be, is how do I help you become the best version of you, not a copy of me? Exactly. You know, the, I, I tell managers, sales managers especially, that, that they need to wear four hats and they need to know which hat to have on at the right time. Sometimes you manage. Sometimes you mentor, that's the sharing your stories and show and tell time. Sometimes you are a trainer and sometimes you're a coach and coaching is what has the biggest ROI. Research tells us that you mm -hmm. get a lot more from people when you coach them, but you got to know the difference or you'll miss it out. Excellent. Agree hundred percent. All right. Well, Deb, thank you so much. This, this is going to be such a fun, fun contest, fun event, and uh, really excited you're joining us. Me too. I, I commend Ring DNA for doing this. It's it's important for all of us in the sales space to understand what coaching really is. So this is a great place to to get that message out. Lori Harmon, welcome. Well, thanks, Andy. Glad to be here as always. Yeah. So we're so excited to have you as one of our judges on our call coaching contest. And I just want to spend a few minutes to go through what you think are the the criteria for a great coaching call. And maybe just start with this is, what is the role of the coach in a coaching call? Well, I think the role, the role of the coach in the coaching call is to do everything they can to help the rep in ideally in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. And so you want them to, the, the criticism or feedback is going to be constructive. So even though everything may not be positive, you want to try to minimum sandwich, you know, positive, maybe less positive with something else that's positive so that you end up on a positive note. So I think mm -hmm. overall you want to keep the positivity there because the purpose of the coaching call is to help the rep to become better. And so it, it has a very good outcome and it's, you know, you're doing it because you want to help them and not because you want to do something that's going to make them demotivated. It should be somehow uplifting at the end and by giving them really good tips and tricks and discussing maybe some of the situations, you want them to come out of it being more confident to go into the next call and do an even better job and have a better result. 
And I would think that that for most coaches, the idea is not to say, hey, do it my way, but mm-hmm. it's to give people suggestions so they can find their way to do it. Exactly. Yeah, give them different options so that they can explore what works for them and what doesn't. And I think the opportunity, one thing I'm really big on is the opportunity for the person being coached to do role play. Mm-hmm. Because getting comfortable before you go onto a call, your first call or your next call is something that I think is very important for salespeople, you know, especially some of the younger salespeople that might be starting out their careers and have less practice. Getting them comfortable before they start is really important. And the best way to do that is through some kind of a role play. So if, if you're listening to a call recording and then you point some things out that, that should be uh, practiced on is before you leave the coaching call, role play it to reinforce it. Absolutely. Such a great suggestion. Redo the scenario over again and, you know, or maybe you do it multiple times. Maybe you redo the scenario and they try one of your tips. And then if that's not comfortable, they can try another tip. So you give them plenty of options for when they come out of the, the role play and the coaching call to go, hey, I've got this. Yeah. Well, and, and they get to visualize what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Visualize and actually really experience it, right? You don't yep. want you to be kind of tough on one of those role plays. But I don't think you want to be crush or tough. And <laughs> so it, it does come out as a win-win. Right. And they, they have that confidence that I talked about. Well, and so what do you see as sort of the mix between coaching people on how they say things versus what they say? Well, I don't know. if you, It probably depends on how experienced they are in terms of the level of detail versus on telling them what they have should say versus how they should say it. So I think you have to be sensitive to how long they've been doing the role. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, what was the issue? Did they just not handle an objection right? Or could they have handled a pricing question in a different way? So I, I think it, the balance depends on the actual scenario. So it's hard to be totally prescriptive on the balance between telling them what to say and giving them tips on sort of the approach that they take. I think that's that's unique to the situation. Yeah, and this is a, a question back to sort of referring to what you're talking about before, sellers that are somewhat new, is it reinforcing this whole idea of, of your voice and the tone of voice and the words you use is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I would have to say, like, especially now when people who – in the past, maybe weren't virtual who have to learn some of the virtual selling skills that everybody needs to know in today's current environment. It's even more important to have that the right tonality and the right pace and the right diction when you're talking to a potential buyer. Well, I think even word choice, filler words. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had a post I put on LinkedIn a while back about why people shouldn't say the word well, male seller shouldn't say the word buddy or pal. And it set off sort of a storm of comments. I'll have to go back and look at that one. I think that's interesting. And you're right. I'm somebody who I've been, I've done Toastmasters and I'm really mm-hmm. anti-filler words because it makes it sound maybe like you're less less intelligent, not intelligent, but less sophisticated or less thoughtful, comfortable with what you're talking about. Right. If you have to add those filler words. Well, and I just think it's important for reps to understand this. And this is to me, one of the real uh, benefits you can get from coaching calls is that reinforcing this idea that words matter. Mm-hmm. And I think people have to understand is that word choice and how people perceive it maybe could be the difference between being able to set up the meeting and not being able to set up a meeting. 
It can make a huge difference. And I like your point about not being too like calling somebody dude or buddy or bro or, or whatever the <laughs> word is, because especially if it's early on, you you don't know the person that well. So you don't want to be act too familiar if you're not familiar with them. And well, you might never get to that point with a prospect or a customer. So you can't start out being more familiar than you are. Yeah. Well, and you just have to be mindful, right? As, as mm-hmm. This is, I think, is such an important thing to sort of reinforce with coaching is, you know, were they mindful of who they're speaking to and so on? If a 25-year-old salesperson calls me buddy or pal, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm 40 years older than you are. <laughs> yeah, I've, <laughs> I've held executive positions, you know, all these. It's like you just sort of check that out first. Yes. And, you know, words matter is one of the my like key overall life and career coaching tips, not just coaching for sales calls. So I love the fact that you brought that up. Well, perfect. Any other last minute tips? I think the other things I would say in terms of coaching is one is have an outline. Like what are the elements you're going to coach on? I do think it helps reps to know like what things you'll be looking at for their calls. Mm hmm. Maybe like we talked about the words and the tone and the diction, how they handle objections. So have a template that people are familiar with before you go into the coaching call. So they they kind of know what's coming and maybe they'll even identify or give them an opportunity. Hey, what do you think you could have done differently or better on that particular call? So they have an opportunity to talk to you and do a Mm self-assessment. I think that's really important. And it's easier for them, especially if they're less experienced to to do that with some kind of a template. And the other thing I would say is frequency. A lot of times managers get really busy. So if the manager is the coach and there's there's gaps in when they're doing the coaching, I definitely think that's a problem. So it should be a regular event when they're doing coaching because you can also coach them and say, hey, here's what you did great. And maybe there's no no feedback that on, on an area for improvement, but you have this cadence going. And even if all the calls that week were perfect, if that's possible, you can end up having a really positive outcome and a good experience with that, with the person you're coaching. Yeah. Well, I think this idea of consistency is so key because, and it's really sort of analogous to like a TV program or that comes out on a regular, or my podcast that comes out on regularly scheduled dates. Mm-hmm. People expect it. And right. this idea, if you don't come out when expected, then people begin to lose interest. And this is going to happen, too, is if you're not coaching people on a regular basis, as you talk about, establish the cadence with the expectations. Yeah, you just don't get the same result. I agree. And sometimes if it's not regular, you just come up and do it when they don't have such a good call. It's going to be perceived in a more negative fashion, like you're only trying to work with them on a negative event or a failed call versus just doing it on a regular basis to to constantly lift up their skill set. And I think that's such a great point to end on is, yeah, coaching is not just about correcting mistakes. It's about positive reinforcement as well. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Early in people's careers, earlier in people's careers, actually at any time in people's careers, we all like to hear when we're doing a good job. Absolutely. I, I still like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Lori, you did a great job here. Well, thank you. So did you, Andy. I really always enjoy talking to you (laughs) and enjoyed our session this evening. And thank you for your help with the contest. This is so much fun. I am really excited about it. I love the creativity that Ring DNA has put forth to set up this contest. And I think you're going to get a lot of interest from people. Excellent. I'm looking forward to sharing it on my social channels. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, 
I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my special guests, Alex Smith, Deb Calvert, and Lori Harmon. And as a reminder, to enter our top sales coach competition, go to topcoach.ringdna.com for all the details about how to enter your call. All right. Thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.